listening to Resist and Restore, a podcast from the Circle of Hope Pastors, where we're extending the table of our dialogue. I'm Johnny Rashid. I use he, him pronouns. I'm Rachel Sensenega. I use she, her. I'm Julie Hoke. I use she, her. I'm Laura Villeneuve-Sayas, and I use she, her. Who are you, Laura Villeneuve-Sayas? I'm producer. (laughs) I edit this thing. You're the producer of the podcast here on our season finale. This is the last episode we're doing before we walk through the desert with Jesus to death. As though that sounds negative, that's just Lent. Um, but this is the last one, then we'll start the episodes later. We'll give you lots of stuff in between, though. Today's episode is all about the 22 episodes that we did before them. We're going to review them, talk about highlights, talk about what felt good, um, Lots of different people on the show this season, so we'll get to that in a moment. Um, And then we'll end with spiritual show and tell, of course, what's been nourishing our souls. Um, But let's start with Talkback. Talkback is, Circle of Hope's known for Talkback because the pastor usually gives a message on Sunday, or someone does, and then we say, like, what's the spirit putting on your heart, you know? What do you want to say back to us? And so we have some Talkback, right, Julie? Yeah. Yeah, we got this great email from Corinne, who um, was reflecting on the interview with Jesse Curtis uh, and his book, The Myth of Colorblind Christians. Um, the same this is this is from Corinne. She she said the same week I listened to that interview, I listened to the podcast that she follows from the president with the president of Fuller Theological Seminary. Um, she is also a graduate of Fuller Theological Seminary. Um, and that episode called Conversing felt like an extension of the same conversation. Dr. Anthea Butler was being interviewed by the president of Fuller on her book, White Evangelical Racism, The Politics of Morality in America. Corinne says, like you and Jesse Curtis did, Dr. Butler, a historian too, was tracing Billy Graham, the construction of colorblind evangelicalism, and the impact of church, the church growth movement and its homogenous church principle. It was good to hear the president of Fuller, probably the main institution at the center of that movement, grapple with the harm it had done. He talked about how the movement took this sociology observation that homogenous churches grow, Jesse was talking about this too, and baptized it when they should have been interrogating it. An interesting connection that Dr. Butler made to our present-day reality of churches that are trying to be integrated is that some of the legacy that of that bias towards homogenous church culture is still present in churches and she thinks continues uh, to contributes to her often feeling invisible as a black woman in churches where the dominant culture is white. She also made the observation that even when there's more diversity in church, there will probably still be a culture over the top of the church that is homogenous. She was saying that that's ultimately why a lot of churches trying to integrate fail. Corinne says it made me think about what it looks like to have an integrated and diverse church culture. She remembers when she was newer at Circle, feeling like there was a really distinct Circle of Hope culture. Um, And someone in her cell recently observed something similar. So um, this is, uh, it's good feedback. It was resonating and it's um, worth interrogating. We're we're doing some of that work right now. So what do you think about that? What do you think about this idea that uh, a like, you, what, I say homogeneous. You said it in a smarter way. Um, homogeneous. Homogeneous. See, I go, I, I don't know how to talk English that good. Um, Did that I way, pronounce that, it wrong? Oops. No, you pronounced it right. I don't <laughs> pronounce things right. Um, yes, you do. You should have heard my first pronunciation of banal. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> What do you think about having this homogenous culture and it creating homogeneity in the in the group, 
right? There's like a singular culture, and then it creates singular outcomes. You know, church planters definitely do this, right? Mm-hmm. Have your target group. Here's, your, here's who you're going for. But we're trying to do something different, right? So, like, we, what do you think? Do we have a distinct culture? And then also, like, is it helpful for us to diversify that culture or have multiple cultures? What do you think? How do you break that up? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's the question. Because every group has a culture. Um, we want to kind of shine the light on ours, kind of peel it back. I think we're, what we're trying to do is um, examine it so that we can deconstruct um, some of that homogeneity. Is that the word, Julie? <laughs> How do you say that? Homogeneity. Yeah. Homogeneous. Homogeneous yeah. is what I say. Right. And actually build something together that looks more like Jesus that um, is not is not founded on that homogenous church principle that so many churches in the United States uh, unconsciously perpetuate and I want to read Dr. Anthea Butler's book I just ordered it so I'm looking forward to that one of the things that we really specialize on in circle, and I just want to throw this out there to y'all, is we like DNA replication. When the cell multiplies, we want it to kind of feel the same, have the same DNA as before. Our congregations, when they multiply similarly, um, what kind of room for diversity is there in that movement? Like, can cells and congregations exhibit their own cultures? Can And, and oh, does that lend itself towards anti-racism and diversity? I think it starts with an awareness as a majority white church. It start it has to start with an awareness of mm-hmm. that, an awareness of our whiteness and a white culture. Um, and I would say, personally and uh, societally, there's there is generally not an awareness of that for white people. So to do this work starts starts with a con- for for white people it starts with a consciousness. And so I think as a church um we need to we need to name kind of how our church culture uh exists and mm-hmm. look at even how it got created in order to consciously build something else or or mm-hmm. um yeah, form something else together. And then, Johnny, like you're saying, we are organized in a way that leaves room for a lot of creativity and unique expression of our life in Christ. Um, but there's not room for that if we start by, I guess, pretending that we don't already have a culture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, the word awareness keeps coming to me too, Julie. That's, I think that's what we're working on. I think that disrupting the culture is good too. And, and welcoming that, the prophetic disruption of what is stuck and allowing for us to be shaken up sometimes. You know, I, and I think that's good for our faith too, right? I think that's good for Lent, which we're getting into is about breaking up the logjam, right? Making something move that's been frozen over the winter, you know? Um... Because I think when you're stuck in a culture and it can't change and it can't grow and it can't adapt, it actually drifts with different cultural forces. So a dynamic culture that's changing and active and agile is less likely to be influenced because we're constantly influencing it. You know, we're dynamic people. We change. We grow. Something new happens, you know. I was reading an old piece of writing that I wrote the other day. Does Facebook, does Facebook do this for you? It tells you things you said on this day, two years ago, three years ago. And I clicked it and then I started reading a blog that I wrote three years ago, four years ago. And I was horrified at what I was writing and saying. 
Because, you know, that's how I feel when you read something old. You're like, this is terrible. Why'd you even say this? It's horrible. It sounds, how could this even come out of you, you know? And some of my friends said, well, that's how you know you're growing. Mm-hmm. If you're like, disgu- well, maybe not disgusted, even though I was, by your past. <laughs> you know, I wonder how I'll feel about Jesus Takes Aside in a few years, you know? That's like published, published. You can't delete that. May 31st, 2022, pre-order it. <laughs> We're waiting for it. I have this practice at the end. It's kind of not unlike this episode that we're doing right here. I have this practice at the end of each year that I go back and I read through my entire journal from that year. Um, kind of for that same reason, Johnny, just to like look at who, <clears throat> who I was, where I've been, what I've learned. Um, it helps me kind of... Um, just, I think, hold, hold in humility <laughs> um, my own journey and transformation. Um, so that's what this podcast is about, kind of, looking oh. back over this year and talking about where we've been, where we are now. Breaking up that culture, that, that log jam, like you're saying, Johnny, reminds me of this image of compost that has come out of our mapping process, our discernment process as a church. And it has, I love that people have been saying, take what's toxic to, we want to be a compost pile where what's toxic can be submitted to this process of transformation. Um, and so I, I feel like that, uh, that applies to, the journey of becoming aware of a homogenous culture and being willing to change. There, something needs to, to be allowed to die in order to be transformed. So that, that gives me hope for this death-to-life process that Jesus leads us in. Absolutely. Thanks, Corinne, for writing to us. Um, to you all who are listening, please talk back to us. We, we, we want to hear your thoughts. Resist and Restore podcast at circleofhope.net is where you do that. Please, uh, yeah, give us some feedback. And while you're doing that, review our show. Give us a five-star rating wherever you listen to us. Subscribe to the channel. That's going to help people hear the show. We're looking for people that are looking for us. So if you're moved by this and you know someone who would, please extend the table of a dialogue that way and then share it with a friend you know who might be challenged by it or interested by it or who it may disrupt uh disrupt them a little bit and maybe get some faith in there too so we're so glad you're listening to us and part of this community and we want you to keep being a part of it so you can join a cell many of them are online still you can come to our sunday meetings many are still broadcast on zoom but you could also come in person if you're in philly or south jersey Follow along on our daily prayers to get daily blessings as well. And then share money with us. Go to circleofhope.church and you can share money with us, which helps keep this podcast going. Helps pay the pastors and Laura. Remember, Laura's here. And it just helps to unlock stuff in us, too, you know? There's that There's that image again, right? Breaking, up, breaking stuff up inside of you so you can grow and change. Yeah. Money tends to keep us the same, too. So be generous with that. May God bless you. For the next section, we're going to look back at season two of, Res- of Resist and Restore. And we're going to talk about the different episodes that we liked. And hopefully you'll go back and listen to them. And I think during the in-between time during Lent, we'll release reruns of episodes from this season that we liked. So you'll get, even in your inbox, you'll get something new. Um, some, some, I guess something old that feels new. You know what I mean? So y'all want to do that? We, we're, we're, we're just looking back at what, what, what happened and remembering moments and stories and conversations that we had. How's that sound? Good. Laura, are you down to do this too? Wait, what are you referring to when you say like something during Lent you'll get? Is, am, I, am I doing that? <laughs> oh yeah, I was giving you an assignment in the middle of this where you'll release episodes that you liked during Lent reruns. So that they don't have, they're not, it's not a dry spell. It's just, you know, we're in syndication now. You know what I mean? Okay. So you'll just repost them. Okay. (laughs) 
Okay. Got it. You can keep that in the podcast or you can take it out. <laughs> so look back. You're going to, what you want to go back to the first season, the first episode of the season is the one with Andrew Yang. We can start from there and then go up. But how about that episode with my dude Yang Man, man? This guy, he had, he's written so many songs for us and he was talking about songwriting and community, talking about how, uh, he likes when people play his songs and they play them a little bit differently. And he wants to create with them and be creative and have this process. I really like that part of who we are. You know, this creative community that encourages that sort of self-expression. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so in admiration of his flexibility and generosity and humility there because I feel like we mess up hit his songs all the time, <laughs> even in trying to play them the way that he wrote them. Um, they're just profoundly written musically and lyrically. Um, he is a gift. Thank you, Andrew, for sharing your gifts. Andrew is so great. He's actually my worship team leader. Um, I'm on his team. And this past Sunday, we played a new song of his that he wrote like early in the pandemic so this was the first time playing it like for anyone the only time it's ever been heard was i think he like recorded a video of himself playing it and it was uh posted on our instagram um so it was our, our the first time playing it in front of people and yeah he was like when we were practicing he was like wait i kind of forget how this goes and i i could see like it was probably a little bit different from like that video that he posted a year mm. ago so it's like what you were just saying, like each time is like slightly different and like, yeah, it, that's like good for creativity, you know, like that's a good, like creative practice is to like switch things up a little bit every time. So mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Surrender to that creative process. Mm -hmm. I appreciated the um, <clears throat> interviews over this season about um, the Bible what the Bible is, how it works, how we relate to it. Uh, Rachel, you did one of those interviews. Uh, ben did too, right? And or the John, two did you this and I? Season were Rachel and yeah. me. Ben interviewed me, and and uh, that's it. I interviewed Rachel. Mm, yes, a messy love story. That's so is helpful. That My, oh yeah, yeah. That's what that one was called. Those conversations are so helpful. My cell was just talking last night about, yeah, what the Bible is, how to relate to it, how to think, think critically about like what, how we're engaging with different texts and um, just how that shapes our life with God. I, I loved the interview with Beth Allison Barr and, and reading her book, going through that journey I didn't even, I couldn't have even named that concept of biblical womanhood because I've kind of been, I think, outside of the evangelical church for a while. But I knew about what it was in my body and my experience. Um, but doing that uh, historical research with her um, about the early church, women leading in the early church, and then throughout the medieval part of history, it was just so encouraging to get to get more women leaders kind of at the forefront of our minds and recognize mm -hmm. the work that they've done, um, the way that they've understood Jesus and the faith was really inspiring to me. I loved that. She is, she is such a great scholar. It was so encouraging to have her on the show. Um, yeah, just the book's really good. Um, and I, and I, think, I think it um, really does change the conversation about ordaining women, including them in the church, being led by them. So it's super, um, that was super encouraging. Honestly, we had so many good authors on the show, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, Beth Allison Barr was great, right? Um, but... Shane Claiborne was on talking about uh, Christian nationalism. Um, and then we had, just last week, Jesse Curtis was on 
And then the week mm-hmm. before, about talking about colorblind Christians. And the week before that, Jeff James. Um, mm-hmm. Melissa Flora-Bixler. Oh, yeah. Melissa was on How to Have yes. an Enemy. I loved that one. Want to talk about that, Julie? Yes, I do. That book. Oh, man. I wish I had prepared something <laughs> profound to say about it. I, I just, that book was so um, powerful. I feel like every every other sentence was like oh like i gotta sit with that like it was it was i was listening to it too that was another thing i'll just confess i listened to the audiobook um but if you haven't read it or listened to it highly recommend it really really challenging and helpful um biblical basis for thinking about what jesus is teaching um about how to have an enemy and she mm-hmm. and she she explores like all the different avenues directions um theologically personally historically totally she's a great twitter follower too <laughs> and she spoke at our congregation one time and i got to meet her and have dinner with her so that was yeah she's really cool i like her a lot love melissa speaking of dinner we heard from Chef Bobby Saritzaglu. Oh, yeah. At some point. That was really fun. Um, uh, uh, that's another great follow on Instagram if you like mm. food pictures. Yes. <laughs> I always want to eat at Stina when I open my Instagram. Um, but he, his connection to Jesus and the church runs really deep, and he's always partnering with community organizations that are making a difference in Philly and um, sharing really generously financially. So props to Stina Pizzeria and Chef Bobby Saritzaglu. Awesome. Lara, do you have a favorite episode from this past season? I feel like um, this is a good time to make a confession that I did not listen to Resist and Restore before I started editing. (laughs) All right. So of the ones that you've listened to. Well, okay. So after I took over, I... Because Luke used to be the person. Yeah. I listened to some of the older ones, particularly the ones with my friends in them, like Danny. Um, I started editing the one where Bethany was um the guest so after that i've listened to those <laughs> on wealth redistribution and jubilee right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i think my favorites were the ones with my friends in them <laughs> danny was so great bethany bryant jordan mm. there's just something about when i know them it just feels more personal totally mm-hmm. it's fun to listen to my friends talk i, I- I love highlighting the people in our community. I think that's a special part of the show where we get to see... You know, it's cool to get famous people on sometimes, or semi-famous. Twitter famous. um, Christian famous. Or, like, even, like, for us, like, Anabaptist (laughs) famous, so it's, like, not that (laughs) famous. Um, But, you know, yeah, of course, Bethany, Bryant, Jordan... Kristen and Jeremy were on talking about watershed discipleship. Mm-hmm. Julius Rivera about how to be a neighbor. Chris Eden about the community, uh, um, the participatory defense hub. So, like, yes. I hope that you can go back and listen to these and see the cool people that we have in our community that are, you know, really um, expressing the gospel in earnest and helping people really connect to Jesus in really practical ways. I think that's one of the best parts. But then also, like, it's not just the compassion. You know, what Bryant and Jordan are bringing is um, um, changing how we think about God, how we relate to God. And I think that matters, too. You know, um, becoming human with Jordan Burge, right? How we become more human throughout the rest, throughout our lives as we get disciples to follow Jesus. I think that's really sweet. Mm-hmm. One of the gifts of hearing from folks am- among us and authors uh, who are are in on the margins in our society um, is that we get I get a new lens through which to see and understand the gospel. I have found myself relating to Jesus and Scripture 
in new ways because of the gift that those folks bring to our community. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble saying what I mean to say, but. I hear you, Julie. And I was thinking, I was trying to think back to all the many things that have nourished our souls. Oh, yeah. The last part of the podcast that we do, um, it makes me want to go back and just reflect on that nourishment because I, I bet I would get new ideas in, in, in dry spells, in times of needing inspiration or encouragement, um, like you going back over your journal um, and looking, I, I think that we, yeah, we're, we are a resource for one another. And as our community um, keeps growing and becoming less homogenous, hopefully, I think that gets richer and richer. Totally. One episode I really like that I just want to share is the one with Nora, Nora Liktash, who's part of the Philadelphia Coalition for Affordable Communities. You know, she's a Jewish woman, but she's been doing work with Circle and us with her for a long time. And getting to hear her perspective on how we can make Philadelphia an affordable place to live where everybody can have a uh, nice neighborhood with amenities, with uh you know, the fullness of life in them. That was really, that's, that's cool. It's cool to get people that we've been working with for a long time into your ears. And I hope that encourages you also to maybe even do similar work wherever you are. Mm-hmm. And Nora helped us create the, the compassion team that used to be called Take Back Vacant Land and to fight for a land bank in Philadelphia, which really helped us to apply our passion, um, for fighting environmental racism. And and I as I walk around the city now, I see lots of those plots that were not able to be gobbled up by developers, but are now community gardens of sorts. And it, I'm super thankful for Nora and, and many partners like that who, who helped us be part of that movement. Absolutely. Is there anything we want to say about our personal journeys through this last season, season two? I think it's a really good question because didn't we start making this podcast in the beginning of the pandemic? I can remember being in my basement. It was the beginning. No, we, we did meet in person a few times and then the pandemic happened. Ah, okay. Yeah, but it was not many. Right. No, it wasn't at all. It was, it was brand new right before the pandemic yeah, I, so I feel I just feel like we've gone through an, a really intense time on this pod. Like this podcast has tracked a re- <laughs> like a really intense transformational time in our lives, and we're still very much in it. So it might be hard to to name and talk about. Yep, totally. I mean, that's that was that's a significant personal journey that we've been through. You know. Yeah. We've done a lot of lamenting on here about like not being in person and going through all the changes that the pandemic has required of us. And it's been like a touch point um, for like helping us to see Jesus in the midst of hardship. Do you guys like doing it in person or online? Because you've been able to meet back in person for a while now, but you've chosen to remain to keep doing it on Zoom. Yeah, Interesting. We, yeah, definitely. I mean, we could do it in person, but... Is it just for efficiency? <laughs> you heard me talk about my, the shower earlier, so, like, <laughs> you know how I'm wired, you know? <laughs> but, it, yeah, it's just, like, an interesting thing, thing to note about, like, how we've changed and how, like... Yeah, like, now we have this other option and we're choosing to remain doing it this way. You wouldn't have thought about this before the pandemic. You wouldn't thought you wouldn't have thought about using Zoom or Skype or whatever. And so I think it just kind of speaks to like, yeah, like how we've changed and we didn't go back to normal. Totally. We, like learned something and like had chosen to keep using that. It was interesting because we had the guests on and all the guests live far away. Like, mm-hmm. um. They don't live close by for the most part. Now, our local people do, but like 
even getting access to people on their lunch break or on um, a time that they're available. It just it's nice that we can keep connect- like we connected further mm-hmm. because we weren't constrained, and I think that's good. Um, and I hope that that kind of stays with us that we can continue to take how we learned how to relate in new ways and do it again. You know, um, you know, but I, you know, but but it's worth also wondering like would the quality of our conversation be different if we were right next to each other? You know, I really have a hard time processing that because it feels the same to me. But, you know, that's something worth considering. You can give us feedback about that, y'all. Go back and listen to the first few episodes and see if we're better (laughs) talkers now than we were then. (laughs) I think another thing about this, this past season, Rachel, you were talking about how... We've been making this through such an intense times. Um, sometimes it's hard to talk about and process while you're in the midst of it. Um, but we have shared um, personally and vulnerably in that. And yet the podcast has also been, I think, a, I don't know, just like a, a connection to like the bigger world. You know, like hearing these other voices, having these mm-hmm. interviews, reading these books together mm-hmm. um, has been expansive in the midst of what has felt like slogging through some days, you know, mm-hmm. or a lot of sameness. Um, and then we get mm-hmm. on the podcast and it's like, oh, yeah, we're doing this other thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. we're, we're still doing something bigger than um all the time and and you know we get glimpses of that when people talk back and and share this stuff and so in that way i think it's been helpful oh it's so true thank you for naming that gift julie i think it has been expansive especially in times of like quarantine when when we were really in isolation like in basement offices um, you know, feeling stuck in lots of ways, this this time together has expanded us. So we like to end our show with a little discussion on what's been nourishing our soul. And I love that word nourish because it reminds me of food. Mm. Um, I also love Malay sauce and that my, I was, I tried to make it one time. It was so complicated. Um, but my friend Pedro told me this week that it means a mix and traditionally where in, in the, in the town that he comes from in Mexico, you never make Malay alone. It takes several women in his culture. It was traditionally women to make different parts of the recipe at the same time, and then they put them together. So that's what we're going to do with nourishing our soul here. Um, I'm hoping that we each have something to share that we can mix together on this end of this podcast here and make this uh, malay that um, will nourish our collective soul. So, friends, what's it been for you? Wordle. <laughs> You, you and everybody else, Johnny. It's so good. I like it. I love Wordle, you know. I wake up in the middle of the night and I do it, and that's when I do it. And it's 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. Those are my Wordle hours. Add a little extra challenge to my life, just being totally tired while doing it. Um, and it's bad, too, because sometimes I get stuck and I can't go back to sleep. I just think all night of five-letter words that could fit. It is not good. It is very disruptive. However... The part that I like about Wordle isn't that I'm... I wouldn't do it if my homies weren't doing it, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, you share it with your friend. It's all the same word. We have a connection. And then there's a deadline. Like, I'm in three different Wordle chats. Three different ones? Yeah. Sorry, Laura. Laura's in one of them, but you're not in the other two. (laughs) Well, yeah, I'm in a Wordle chat. And then in one of the chats, they have Wordle. They have Nerdle. They have Quirtle. They have all these variations. Yeah, I've been doing it with my family, and we've been doing the Spanish one, too. So me, my dad, and my brother will send each other the English and Spanish ones every day. That's great. That so, is so cool. I just like the common experience 
and the community that goes with it. I like that's that's what I really like. You know, um, it's fun to share that. You know, my kids are even into it, and like it's it's cool. It's it's uh, I like the community experience. Um, and like all of a sudden on your feed, these green and yellow or orange and blue if you're colorblind um, blocks appear. And it's fun to have that communal experience. I like the cultural movement, so I definitely like to jump in it. And I think that, I mean, I'm not going to say it's a movement of the spirit because that's just too much. <laughs> you know, like, I don't think that's true. But I think, I think that when something catches on like that, even in our body, um, it, it could be the spirit, you know. Mm-hmm. So like that's how, that's I think that's kind of how our discernment about what we should do together feels like you know, so mm-hmm. that's what's up. My mother in law is would love to compete with you, Johnny. She wakes up in the middle of the night. She's like all about it. She's serious about where I'd love to do it. <laughs> I'm gonna send me her number. I'll send her my word. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I also do Taylor Dole, Taylor Swift Wordle, obviously. <laughs> Taylor Dole? Yeah, That's Taylor Dole. Brutal. It's actually really hard because I don't know like how deep they go. Anyways, today, the Taylor Dole and Spanish Wordle, both of those words were the same word. It was paper for Taylor Swift because Paper Rings is a song. And then in Spanish, it was papel, but it was the same word. And I was wow. like, this is so niche. Like, no one else would get this except me. <laughs> like, Movement. who else plays both of those? Plays both. <laughs> Movement of the spirit right there. <clears throat> <laughs> Mine is similar to Johnny's in that it's about the communal experience. Um, I am watching Abbott Elementary. And it's very funny. It's about, if you haven't seen it, it's a show about um, an elementary school set in Philadelphia. So there are references and, um, yeah, characters that just reflect the world I live in. And it's great. And it's very funny. Um, I was among friends, some of whom are Philadelphia public school teachers, Um and parents of students in Philadelphia public schools, myself included. So we were just laughing about this show. And um, I, I laughed more talking about our favorite parts of episodes than I did actually watching the show. Like the show makes me chuckle. But then like talking about it with friends was really fun because we were uh, just recognizing that, you know, they even just tone it down uh, on the show. <laughs> there, <laughs> there are many aspects of um the show that are like even more kind of wild in person (laughs) so it was fun to laugh and connect over abbott elementary gotta check it out how about you laura Hmm. the first thing well i don't know how this connects to my soul particularly but i've been binging the OC, which is a show from like the early 2000s, <laughs> like around the same time as like Gilmore Girls, One Tree Hill. Those shows I love. I love early 2000s media, like shows, <laughs> movies, music, like 2003, 2004. That's the best time. And so I've been binging the OC because of Adam Brody, obviously. Um and so I've just been watching it every night. I've been going to sleep too late because I've been watching this. But I that was like the first thing I thought of when you asked about, I don't know, I guess it connects to like my child, my inner child. Because mm. I was a child when these things came out. <laughs> and so it just, watching these things and listening to this music without shame is like so fun it, it feels healing because I feel like you know when I was in like middle school and stuff I was like obsessed with One Direction and like Taylor Swift and like those are things that like like people make fun of what teenage girls are into mm-hmm. and so it feels mm-hmm. healing to like be like yeah I love Taylor Swift and like say that without shame totally 
Ah, yeah, I guess that's the way I can connect it. (laughs) That's really beautiful, Laura. Really embrace it. All the parts of ourselves. Yeah. I love stories of the early church and the story of Paul and Silas getting free in prison is really speaking to my soul this week. And I keep reflecting on it. Um, But I had a really tough moment over the weekend where I was feeling really discouraged and asking God to help me um, like I often do. Mm -hmm. And um, I was drawn to this story um, where they're praising, they're in prison and they start worshiping. And um, worship often lifts me out of my funk um, and it does for them too. And they're, the chains f- fall off of their body um, and everybody in the prison is free. But the real miracle of the story to me this time is that they stay, not that they get free, but they stay in prison because even after the, the chains are off of them because they see the jailer about to kill himself because the Roman empire is going to kill him once all the, all the prisoners are, are free. And Paul says, don't harm yourself. We're all still here. And those words, we're all still here. Just keep resonating in my soul that like, um, we can stay in this process with God, this process of transformation with Jesus. It's, it's hard. So many people are in different places. Mm-hmm. I miss people that I don't see enough anymore. And, you know, anyway, it's just inspiring me to stay and that Jesus is here staying with us um, and that we can stay with one another. So... All this Malay is feeding my soul um, of us together here. And I hope that you maybe heard something today that nourishes your soul too. I hope you join us again in the next season. And like Johnny said, Laura will continue to put some good stuff out here in our little hiatus. (laughs) Um, Please write to us at resist and restore. What is it, Johnny? Resist and Restore Podcast at circleofhope.net. That's right, because we love to hear from you. Absolutely. Let's go to lunch. Is it harder for you to get Wait, into then we the should shower? be on SoundCloud. We're not or we should be on Audacity. We're not recording that yet are we i'll press generate am i jimmy fixed it in this part you want to you you join special... us yeah it's fun do yeah. it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. do you have, a, do you have audacity uh oh gosh wait how do i do this now all right i have audacity open it up baby and you oh, click the red button when i producer laura can we call you producer laura i'm recording right now everyone start recording their tracks <laughs> I'm is recording. It, is it harder for you to get into the shower or is it harder for you to get out of the shower? Way harder to get in. Why? Your your body just has to initially get cold and then adjust <laughs> to the new temperature. <laughs> it this is, is all about old, temperature. <laughs> this is an old conversation we've had on the podcast. <laughs> Did we do this on the podcast? Yeah. Or I don't know, in our lives. I record Yeah, so this was... Every conversation we've had for the last two years, I've been recording. No, yeah. no Johnny <laughs> just said it was gross to take baths. It is gross to take baths. Right? No, still, listen to me. Johnny, tell me I was gross. I take a shower after I take a bath. You yeah. Know, do you go swimming and then you don't sh- Like, Are yes. you the kind of person that would go into the ocean and then just live the rest of your day without a shower? <laughs> yeah. The totally. ocean? <gasps> What? Aren't you sticky and like salty? Sticky? Where do you go to the beach? You, okay. Your water's sticky. Maybe you should change beaches. No, sand and salt make you sticky. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay for a while. I like a little, little salty lips, you know. 
I like eating a cucumber after I've had salty lips. The best is an outdoor shower in the summer. Yes. Ideal. Like, after you go to the beach or whatever, outdoor shower. So great. Laura, absolutely. That's a dream scenario. Why are you making that face, Julie? Because... (laughs) Because my association with outdoor beach showers is like being eaten by mosquitoes. Oh, um, mm-hmm. like oh, that's I not fun. That, yeah, every beach house experience I've ever had, where you have the outdoor shower, it's like you just you have to go as fast as possible to try to avoid getting eaten by mosquitoes. But it feels so good, like, temperature-wise, like, being outdoors and showering. I don't know. Something about it. Yeah, I just feel like a free person. Johnny, your question? I feel like it depends on... Season. What? What question? The shower question? Is it harder to get in or out? I think it depends on the time of year. That's what Mm -hmm. I mean, season. Season. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, I thought you said decent. Said. Yeah, same. I was like, what? For me, it's e- I want to get in and out as fast as possible. So, because I'm, you, you know. Like to be efficient and yeah, everything I don't want to like that. You know how many emails I miss while I'm in the shower? Lots. Oh, my word. <laughs> that is so ridiculous. That's the <laughs> That's joy the of point it. of a shower. Is- I've checked my email. I've brought my phone into the shower and started, like, replying. Oh, and then finished my- it and put it back. Johnny. Now, the Here. joy... One of my joys of the shower is to just, like, have space to, like, think freely. Like, it's like decompression space. Yeah, shower thoughts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have shower thoughts. I have shower prayers. Mm -hmm. I have, yeah, yeah. It's, I feel like it's shower therapy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I get new ideas in the shower. Shower inspiration. Yes, shower inspiration. Shower How long singing. Are your showers. <laughs> oh, very long. <laughs> like I eight have, minutes. I have two showers. Okay, I have a quick shower where I don't wash my hair and I just wash my body and my face, and then I have like the everything. You wash your shower. feet. <laughs> the yes, everything. You wash your feet or you just let the <laughs> water go on your feet. Everything shower happens like once or two times a week. I wash my hair. I'll shave if I need to. And I'll exfoliate. It's like the whole thing. That can be like 20, 25 minutes, depending on how hot the water stays. It's a spa treatment. I take a two-minute shower if I don't have to shave my head, and then I take a five-minute shower if I have to. It only adds three minutes. But I can't go too fast or else I'll start cutting myself. You don't want a dull razor, you know what I mean? Do you think you could shave your legs faster than I could shave my head? We should have a contest. Wait, oh, do you shave your not. head in the shower? Yeah, I baby. Have long legs. Yeah, I got a mirror there, you know. The thing about shaving my legs is that I don't do it that often. So whenever I do, it takes so long because my do hair you is so long. Shave in the winter? <laughs> no. Winter <laughs> legs. I? I I don't mind. I can show you my legs right now. They're like hairy. Over Zoom, <laughs> if we could see that over Zoom, that would be okay, that would be something. A- I, I think that this body, the, these body care rituals are sacred. I think, I think I agree. you take longer, Johnny. Take more time. I agree. I, I've, I felt this particularly after Donald Trump became president. Something just, <laughs> I just decided I was going to take better care of my body. Mm. That was like <clears throat> an early pandemic lesson of mine was to like, use the special things because for a long time i would just like save like body butter or a bath bomb or like i would save things for like special occasions Mm. and i was like well i could just make the special occasion by using them so now i try not to like save those things anymore i try to like use it and make it special instead of Mm. waiting for like a time that is special that's beautiful Mm-hmm. So how long do you think, Pastor Rachel, I need to be in the shower to get enough spiritual care in there? <laughs> I don't know. It's just like the... That would be up to you. I think it's just like... <clears throat> Johnny, that Giving yourself is, space to enjoy. Sorry, go ahead, Laura. That question's like inherently like, how do I make this more productive? <laughs> like, if I'm going to have to take a shower, I might as well make it productive. <laughs> I'm trying to teach my children to take shorter showers right now. 
It's not good for your skin. We have dry skin. Don't be mm. in there all day. Mm. Get mm. out, Agatha. Stop well, playing. Maybe it's not in the shower. Like, but part of my inspiration comes from Anne Lamott. Um, years ago, Anne she Lamott's said good. in she said in one of her books, like she puts lotion lovingly on the parts of her body that she tends to be most critical of. And that inspired me to just kind of flip it around. Like you're saying, Laura, to like, why don't I give excessive care to what has been deprived? I feel like it's like a form of self care and like self love. And when you think about like, recently I've been thinking about like loving myself with like my love languages and that can be like a form of physical touch. It's just like rubbing lotion like on your body. Maybe mm-hmm. I should do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. done with lotion. <laughs> Make it all be a lotion of love. That's how I sing that song. It's <laughs> great. We sang that this past Sunday. You said lo- not, with, lo- like not say, with lotion. Though. I say lotion of love. I say potion of love. <laughs> I like to add other rhymey words. I like potion. It's witchy. <laughs> so shall we do the podcast? Yes, Laura, we- you should always be on here. Our producer should always be actually on You should on be on here this observing. Such a joy. I would love to. I get a good, it's a good time like listening to you guys talk. I enjoy it. <laughs> Okay, well, well, we didn't even introduce you. This is our producer, Laura. We haven't even who's introduced making... the podcast. I know, but this is all recorded, right? She might mm-hmm. decide to use it. All right, go ahead, Julie. <laughs> if you're gonna keep, if we're gonna keep her on, then let's do it with the full introduction of the podcast. We're also wait. So I'm just like participating in the whole thing now. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, we are doing a review of the whole year and like highlights. You could weigh in on that. Yeah. Yes, please. Okay, sure. (laughs) Yeah, okay, I'll stay.